Hey everybody, welcome to Surface Level, creating a community where Black and queer folks are fearless in thought and curious at heart. I'm one of your hosts, Jordan, and today, Tony DeMond and I are discussing how the oppressed often becomes the oppressor. Why do so many gay Black men subscribe to exclusionary behavior within our own community? How does self-hate play a role in our community's toxicity? This is You Can't Sit With Us. You Can't Sit With Us. Welcome <laughs> to the red table. To the red table. Uh, the red wood table. You can't sit with us. Well, these these group of girls. Okay. Well, before we before we jump into all of that, mm-hmm, you know, twenty twenty two is coming to a close in just a few days. How much corduroy do you have at home? <laughs> I actually love corduroy. <laughs> and don't you know what? Stay focused. <laughs> Stay focused. Ooh, Ooh, it child. wouldn't be it wouldn't be us if Demond didn't have a critique for <laughs> Jordan's ensemble. Always, ensemble. always. <laughs> I was just, it was just a question. Mm. It's a nice jacket. Thank it's a nice you. jacket. It's a beautiful Thank gown. You. Green with envy. Yeah, I've been really. I've been really <laughs> I wouldn't be seen. I was, green. I was really into um, jewel tones. It's a beautiful jewel tone. Thank you. You're welcome. Alexa. <laughs> Alexa. <laughs> um, all right. So, you know, we're we're getting ready for 2023. Yeah. Um, which is why I want to play a game based around New Year's resolutions. Okay. So <laughs> Fail. I'm like, does that is this something Damon doesn't believe in? No, I <laughs> Child, if you feel like your life's gonna turn around in July, that's when it's gonna turn around. Well, look, I mean, honestly, these these scenarios are very hypothetical, so <laughs> feel free to answer them accordingly. So, I'm gonna give you two options, and you're gonna let me know what you would rather do without in 2023. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, so would you rather give up the the Renaissance album Whatever. or the Renaissance tour? <laughs> That's crazy. That is. You have to pick which one you're going to give up for 2023. Insanity. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> want to start. That's ridiculous. That's sick. You have to pick one. I don't have to do nothing but stay, but I can die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that, that's uh, that's that that's problematic. Actually, and I'm, thing a, I'm on, upset. It's upset me and my homegirls that you even ask the question. Tour if I get an album up. That that question to me makes sense. You can't listen to it on the iPod. Yeah, that's when it's getting. Mm. Or you can't go to the tour. Oh my goodness. Next next <laughs> question. Listen, we don't have to disagree and commit. Y'all are no fun. <laughs> you answer the question. Well, I, yeah. What's your answer to that? I would give up the album. Stupid. I, I I wouldn't give up the album for 2023. To just be to, oh, just for the year to be able to go to the tour. Just for the year, like because yeah. I'm thinking about like the the longevity of the piece. I I, I would like to have the album with me till my my last days, <laughs> so, so the like, last breath. So you said I can't listen to it on an iPod if I own the vinyl. Oh girl, Child, I'm, I'm, I'm moving vinyl. on to the next. That's not question. on the iPod. <laughs> Child, I'm listening. I'm, I'm going it. on. I'm playing by your rules. All right. <laughs> Moving on, would you rather give up circuit parties or boozy brunches? Boozy, boozy brunch. brunches. I don't even go to boozy brunch. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, today drained me. That's how I feel about brunches. <laughs> like it's expensive. Ooh, they are. Just... It destroys my whole weekend. Just takes it. Just takes it all out. And I'm just like, if I get fucked up on oh, Saturday at two, 
That's it. Until next time. I'm so unenthused about brunches, and and then especially when the girls try to invite me to a Sunday brunch, and I'm just like, I also I enjoy meals to eat the meal. Food is not good at boozy brunch. No, if it, if it's that I, I I find it very hard unless you're like at the Rainbow Room. It's like <laughs> where where are you going to get delicious food that's also giving you unlimited <laughs> mimosas? <laughs> like, those places are not the are not the same address. Wanna, no. <laughs> All right. So if you had to give up one phrase in 2023, would you mm. rather give up "she's taking it" Ooh. or give up "less"? Ooh. She's taking it. She's taking because it. Because I... Uh, Less uh, feels more personal. Yeah. I'm, I'm, there's always a reason to say both, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Less is just like... Just like, don't matter. <laughs> I love... So. I, yeah, I have to keep Less as well. I mean, it's too concise. It's, it applies to way too many things. It's an excellent word. I mm-hmm. just love it. Yeah. We should actually change the podcast tagline to less. Less. <laughs> and remember, less. <laughs> Whatever you thought you was going to do this weekend, less. That is a key. All right. In 2023, would you rather give up profanity or rather give up alcohol? Alcohol. <laughs> profanity. Know you, I got to cut these motherfuckers out. I, I give up profanity. I need a little drinky drink when I, you know. I'll give up the yeah the profanity. I don't I don't need to curse. Y'all answered that and exactly the way that I thought y'all would. <laughs> there's, there's so there's so many naughty words I can say still. Oh, um, none of them replace fuck. Filthy. Oh, none of them replace fuck these bitch ass niggas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Nothing. give a damn what a bitch got to a say a about damn, me. I don't give a goddamn what a bitch got to say about me, motherfucker. <laughs> okay, you are gonna be speaking in acronyms? <laughs> that long right. ass, like, you be reading that thing. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what a bitch got to say about me. I love that. Mm. All right, and finally, would you rather give up in 2023, jock straps or thongs? Thongs. Jock straps are much more comfortable. <laughs> Tony's like, <laughs> <laughs> I I prefer wearing a thong because it's just so sexy on me. Oh, um, you, what you you got a thong on? Not today, baby. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is disappointing. Jockstrap is like, yeah, it's cool, but like a thong is given like get into get into the, this this ass <laughs> literally. <laughs> Jockstrap is giving like push up, bro. <laughs> Listen. You know one of my favorite phases. Ain't no gym. Ain't no gym for the face. <laughs> I'm glad you got that out. Ain't no gym for the face. <laughs> you was working on that. I'm, I was happy, I'm, I'm, ha- no, I'm happy no you gym. made it. There is no gym for the face. No, you're right about that. There so, is a yeah. place called Face Gym though in New York. Is that where you go? <laughs> <laughs> That's where you be going. No, baby. <laughs> <laughs> what would you, who, who didn't answer that? Jordan. Uh, Jordan. Oh, I, I would give up um, thongs. You know, I wore a thong to the last circuit party. Mm-hmm. I kept pulling the thong. It was just too close. To <laughs> I was just like, why is it so, like, the draws are now, like, absorbed into my body. Like, I don't need, like, I don't <laughs> you know, need. Jordan got all that ass. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, <laughs> don't hurt nobody. <laughs> Who gonna tell? Who gonna tell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. 
So that concludes a very fun game. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year! And you know, it, it was giving a slight, slight shade because it's, it's, it's a mean girl society. And people, black, black queer folks, you know, the gays are, are vicious. And we're going to talk about some of this toxicity within our, within our community mm-hmm. um, today. But let's start with this question as it relates to acceptance within New York, specifically black, gay, queer community. And do we think that our acceptance within this black, gay, queer community in New York has been the norm or is it an exception? What do you like? Uh, this is an interesting question. I've never actually like sat and thought about has our experience in being accepted or not. Like, you know, but what, like I was, th- I hadn't thought about this either. And I was sitting with it today and I was just like, do I feel accepted? <laughs> do I feel accepted? Well, because I'm just being with you bitches. Do it's I just I like the social chair and then beauty queen. And it's just like, <laughs> I ain't either one of those things. And I just feel like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm constantly explaining to people who I am based on their perception of me. Um, oh. it's like, we think you're mean. It's like, fuck you. You don't know me. <laughs> That's how they sound. <laughs> yeah. Well, how many times have I had to sit down with people? It's just like, did it's I the ever, peanut gallery. Did I ever do something to you? Did I say, no, I just, I, so it was in your head. Mm. I'm just like yeah like I'm not Tony and like I'm not the, the, the social chair and like the girl that's always like she's out she's about everybody knows her I'm like not Jordan where the girls are like tripping over themselves to like girl the girls are clumsy the girls, over the you girls are falling <laughs> up, out backwards over <laughs> day Jordan show the girl this is giving you're drooling and I see it right, the girls would be like oh my god we loved when you really talked about that really deep thing on the podcast, and I have a crush on Jordan, it's just like I don't think those two things are <laughs> at the same time in this conversation. It's like, what are you? What's right. happening? But like, I don't like. Do I feel like some ost- huge level of ostracized? Do I feel ostracized? Uh, yeah, in some major way. Um, no, but like, do I feel like I go places and it's just like I come on here? No, I also like probably don't put that energy out so i'm not blaming anybody but mm-hmm. how many fucking bottles are under my foot <laughs> 99 bottles in a vegetarian <laughs> one <laughs> 99 bottles <laughs> that's giving me a flashback to the wrong time oh to where college 99 it was Ooh. like 99 something like all that 99 apples, apples 99 bananas oh my god all those oh things. i just got sick Right. See, that's where I went when you said 99 oh. bottles. Death in the bottle. Now that's sick. It is sick. Mm. Um, Sorry. But yeah, no. Sorry. Acceptance maybe, but I don't know. Celebrate yeah, all I the mean, time, not necessarily. Listen, the girls don't have a license <laughs> to accept me or not. It's giving girl, I, I actually don't care. Um, but I do, listen. A lot of there are people who have experiences in New York City, and it's a very visceral reaction to the community, mm-hmm. and specifically the Harlem gays, mm-hmm. um, and what that looks like. And it's it's a nuanced discussion because I, and it's also a privileged discussion because if I maybe for me I've never I've never not felt accepted because I've just always been. That girl. That girl. <laughs> and so, but part of being that girl is like the confidence and like that's all within me. 
uh, and how I move and how I choose to navigate. Uh, so I guess it, I don't know that it's not the norm. It's my norm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so other people's norms is, is a personal experience, but I do think when it comes to like, it's a, it's a hard group to infiltrate, mm -hmm. uh, in New York city, black queer circles you are make it here, baby. You can make it anywhere. Yeah. They're very, uh, I don't, I don't know quite the word. I can't quite put my finger on what I want to say about it. But, like, for us, like, we exist in different spaces and circles. But, like, I guess this is a circle, like, us. But I don't even consider us, like, when we show up to things, in my mind, because I guess, you know, perception is reality to an extent, people have their their idea of us and they have like oh those girls they don't, you know they could be thinking like i'm hypothetically speaking right now like oh here come these girls like they think they all that x y and z or you know they always so like snooty um and but i going back to you demon a lot of that is in what the the, the eye of the beholder's head and it's like uh, I, I people need to grow up <laughs> um i don't think that my experience well I, so i do feel accepted within mm -hmm. the the black um gay community specifically in new york mm -hmm. and i quickly found out that that wasn't the norm maybe like the first year that i moved here and prior to moving to new york i wasn't out really so that was like sort of my foray into the community. And mm -hmm. um, I thought it was normal. I was meeting a bunch of people. They were all really, really nice to me. And I vividly remember one night going to a house party in Harlem. It was the first year that I had been living here. Um, and I was there with a friend, a close friend of mine, who was also um, a gay black guy. And this guy who I had met recently, um, like since I had moved to New York less than a year ago, mm -hmm. um, he came up, he came over to us to say hello mm -hmm. and it was normal. But then he made a really rude comment and started talking about my friend's clothes in front of him. Oh my God. Like poking fun out of him and making jokes. And I was so thrown off because mm -hmm. I was just like, you've never acted like that with me. Mm -hmm. And... It like I was even shocked seeing him behave that way. Yeah, getting to know this person over the course of the years, I realized that that wasn't an isolated situation, and that they behaved that way mm -hmm. in a lot of different scenarios. And then I got to the point where I was just telling people, I'm like, if this person's going to be here, don't invite me because I don't like that mm -hmm. type of energy. And you know, I think that I that was sort of like the first instance where I just saw something that was just like nasty and just completely unnecessary. And then I think that has hmm. heightened my senses to be like, who's getting treated a certain way and who's not getting treated a certain way. And sometimes it's more subtle. Sometimes people don't even get acknowledged at all. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. People just won't even introduce themselves to you. They won't start conversations with you. And I've been in both rooms, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I, or both ends of the spectrum. I've been on ends of the spectrum where I felt like I was well received and I've been in other rooms where it was just like, am I even here? Mm -hmm. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that my experience is the norm, and um, I have close relationships with friends who've opened up and shared their experience with me, and and been vulnerable and told me about their experience, which is completely different than 
what I've experienced here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, and that's what exactly what this conversation is about. Like that toxicity, people who participate in those shenanigans, I, I swear it's it's a phenomenon to me. I I don't understand it. Uh, I don't understand just a stranger and you and your group of girls over here and you just decide to like talk ill of somebody you don't know and it's like that's how y'all have fun like this is fun to you mm-hmm. right and i've always looked at that like you're sad bitch. what is what is happening in the world and what is going on and how is it a group and they in, in groups like that it's like feeding the yeah, the beat. like they feed mm, off, off of it each with other. each other. When I see the friends laughing at it, mm-hmm. I'm just like, so this is not jarring to y'all. Mm-hmm. So all <laughs> of y'all are like this, that part. So bringing it back, what do you think contributes to black gay men creating social barriers within the community? Like, what sorts of things are at play? And and really driving folks in our community to move um, in a way that is creating those barriers. Um, I think searching for acceptance through a both white and heteronormative gaze. Um, I think that, hmm. and and I say this, and and I'll say it over and over this season, mm-hmm. is that accepting the queer queer experiences that are different from yours further validates and gives like credence to you being able to live at whatever experience is yours mm-hmm. so like sometimes there, there's this thing of like oh this person is too thin or this person is too fat or they're too dark or they're not they're not um, what i'm deeming as attractive or they're not masculine enough to be able to just walk into spaces and not be clockable so therefore they in some way have to be pushed over here into this othered section within an othered section mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and just Ooh. like we're already othered and then it's just like to feel strong and to feel better yeah now therefore i must other you as well yeah um and i think that that, that like trying to then like we we like it, it, it's and it's interesting because i i've i'm very keen on black queer people being able to take up space and i've talked about this before with you guys in heterosexual spaces mm-hmm. and black queer people taking up space in white queer spaces mm-hmm. but that does not mean that we put down the members of our community they may not be as easily accepted in those spaces and i think that sometimes we're like so we're like chasing this acceptance so much that like we're not um showing love to everyone and like if it's if it's about walking to that space where like i may be the only queer person saying like yo you you can accept me but you got to accept all these motherfuckers behind me that may be more femme mm-hmm. that may be like more whatever it is if i'm walking excuse me if i'm walking into a white space you can accept me but you have to also accept maybe the girl that's not working in corporate america that doesn't have x y and z status mm-hmm. uh and mm-hmm. so on because that person is in some way representative of my story in a different shade and a different experience but like for me any space that i'm walking into and if i'm representing the banner of black queerness yeah. it's about having honor and respect for all facets of that uh and not trying to bend and sway and dim the light of other people because i think that it gives me a leg to stand on and like i can be the like pick me of the group right 
Mm-hmm. What I'm hearing is humanity mm-hmm. and and having that for all. Because I, I, as you were just talking, I'm thinking about the countless number of times I've been around folks that will look at other people within our community and it's giving like, ugh. You know, mm-hmm. like, ugh, why she? Why are they around? Like, oh my mm-hmm. goodness! Is and it's like, wow. So what's what's going on with you, mm-hmm. right? Internally, and and there's there's traumas, there's insecurities, mm-hmm. and there's self hate. Mm-hmm. And I think all of those things are at play when you're creating these social barriers within our community, and you're not you you have issues you've not dealt with. Mm-hmm. And like you said, in order to lift yourself up, you have to dim someone else's light. Mm-hmm. And that that just creates sort of a... Surface level bitch. <laughs> a surface level bitch. <laughs> That's going to be a new segment. This bitch wants to stay on the surface level. <laughs> Jordan. Um, I So I listened to this podcast earlier this year, um, and it was... Featuring an author, his name is Will Storr, mm-hmm. um, S-T-O-R-R, and he has this book called The Status Game. And I thought it was really interesting because the idea behind it is that every human on this earth is participating in some status game. Mm-hmm. And um, we're all competing for whatever status that we deem to be important. So if you're if you if you um, measure status by physical attractiveness, if you measure status by intelligence, by virtuousness, um, by money and and success, and people create social barriers when they feel like the people don't align with the status game that they're trying to play. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that that was a really interesting concept. Um, because I think when you zero in, at least from my experience with the black and gay community in New York, I feel like the status games that I find to be the most prevalent are physical attractiveness and um, success and money. And yeah. so when I see, you know, people basically going along to get along, that's how they choose to socialize, like going along to get along to get ahead. Mm-hmm. And if you don't fit into that equation to feed the need for them to achieve whatever status, they assume that you don't have any value. And that's what I wanted to kind of touch on from my last mm-hmm. answer was that you go into some of these spaces and intimate spaces at that. You know, I'm not talking about like a mega party and people not talking to you, although that's that has its own set of issues. I'm specifically in my mind thinking about being in intimate settings where everybody should be recognizing each other's presence. Yeah. But somehow someone has decided to just ignore people and we know these people and mm-hmm. we've seen these people and it's I think that um I think that people create social barriers because they feel like if they can't benefit from somebody's presence then it's not worth it and i think that they measure the benefit based off of what they care about and i find that a lot of the culture is very superficial oh and um i think that that sort of influences yeah i think how people are accepted yeah and like continuing on that like we're often talking about like well hurt people hurt people 
And like, do we have a level of grace and sometimes understanding for black gay men and who are maybe ostracizing or devaluing people within our community? Is it kind of some form of self-hate and do we understand that to an extent? Tony. Uh, I feel like folks like that make it really hard to, to extend grace to <laughs> as much as you want to get like, for me, I just pay the whole situation. I, I can't, I don't like to be bothered, uh, with folks who carry themselves in a way that I feel is, is without humanity, um, mm -hmm. with humanity in mind. However, in having this conversation and thinking about it, yes, uh, while like two things can be true i can despise that whole situation but also understand this person has uh probably needs to go to therapy and probably it are um it's a circumstantial moment of like based on how they were raised and the friends that they have around them and all of those things are in play when it comes to what how a person is is like mm -hmm. who they become and how they move about and so i do try and now think about that but i don't know like what's my part in that how can i if i if this is not a friend of mine do i have a dog in that fight mm -hmm. um or do i just say do what as i said earlier and pay the situation and give like girl she's not my cup of tea mm. um <laughs> so there's that back and forth in my mind about that yeah, it's interesting. I kept Steve Lacey kept um, coming to mind when we were talking about this because um, he's bisexual, an artist, mm. and did this interview that was really um, polarizing a few years ago. Yeah, and he was just like, "I'm a black bisexual man, but like, I will not date black men." He's a black bisexual man. And will not will not date black. Mm -hmm. Date black. I remember this yeah. interview. Um, and the in the interview, uh, someone was just like, "Okay, I see that's your preference. Do you think that you owe it to yourself to break down that dynamic, the dynamic that leads you to have that blatantly anti-black preference in your partners?" Hmm. And his response was, <clears throat> "The reason for it isn't anti-black at all. Growing up around black males, they were always my competitors. You know, I never viewed or saw myself doing anything sexual with my neighbors. I literally see them as my brothers. Mm. Um, as much as you or whoever thinks this sounds like BS, it's from a real place. I'm a nigga from Compton. I don't dislike black people. I prefer to live here and be around people of color because I love black people. I'm just not attracted to black boys. That's all. I still love them and I want them to know them to do well in life. I just won't date them. Sorry. Um... And I, I listen, right. Um, and I listened to it and like one of the things that I thought was interesting was his use of the word them. Mm. Um in that as if, as like, if he's not Yeah. Not I thought one. that was like maybe a, a, a overanalyzing maybe, but just like this subconscious thing if like you're referring to people like yourself as them. Um I also think that sometimes you make a good point of this, I think, on the show often, like anti-blackness, racism, so on and so forth, isn't always lynching, isn't always calling a white person, calling you somebody a nigga. It's sometimes these like small things that um, that that like manifest themselves in a way that like isn't the traditional or like the visceral or the crazy definition of like what that thing is. Um, 
And 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 when we came back to like the idea of grace, I kept thinking, it goes two ways. Part of it is being humble enough to recognize that if there's a scenario in which there's an entire group of people, and in this case, like a person saying, there's this whole group of people that like I won't date, mm-hmm. or I won't be interested in, or I will not find attractive. May that be black people or like any race or combination of body types or whatever it may be. You have to be humble enough to realize that there's some level of anti-something in what you're saying. Mm-hmm. To then have the people around you say, you know what, I'm not going to discourage you, but let's kind of work through this together. And that's what I mean by, and I think Tony was alluding to this as well, like it, it goes both ways. Like I can't fully lead you to water if you don't want to drink. Um, but you also can't be like so dug in on just being like, this is how I feel. This is my preference. This is what I think. And it's just like, we, we said this, I think, on like the Fat Phobia episode. We said this in some other episodes we've had. But like, if your quote preferences lead you to discarding whole entire groups of people as if no one that has ever existed under that lens and through that experience can in any way be deemed attractive or valuable into your life in that way. Mm, you should probably second guess that. Yeah. And it's really str- strange to hear that rhetoric from someone who is the the very person that they're saying they'll never be attracted to. And is it strange or is it a person like to what our point that you you grew up in a world telling you that like something about you is wrong, mm-hmm. and like maybe your answer to like why I don't like it isn't I think it's wrong. Mm-hmm. But like you've kind of developed this thing, yeah, and yeah. you you justify it in a way that sounds pretty and buttoned up. But like to anybody that wants to give it any level of thought, you quickly realize like mm, maybe this is BS, and like maybe there's just some stuff that you haven't healed from. Maybe there are some experiences that you've had in your past with people like you that like maybe turn you off in, in a way. But like now you've xed off whole groups of people, mm-hmm. and I will I will say till I'm blue in the face. If ever you are saying there's an entire group of people that like you have no interest in, there's a level of anti something in there. Well, no, 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 no. I don't know why my mind went here because I was just like, there are people who like I won't date a white guy. You know what I'm saying? And that's an entire. Is there? Does that mean make me anti white? Yes. Because I there there are a lot of people that that's just my preference. I don't. I'll never date a white guy. And when anytime somebody describes something that's, that's just my preference, it's likely that's just that's just some bullshit. No, seriously, like it's funny, but like whenever I think that's just my preference is the biggest fucking cop out mm-hmm. to like people mm-hmm. not wanting to think deeper, mm-hmm. to not wanting to 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 have a better grasp on why they feel a way what experiences have led you to that and like those experiences can be valid you can have had horrible particularly thinking about men of color with white men or people of color with white people that could have led you to that but to 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 paint entire groups of people with one brush Mm -hmm. i think that we're smarter more complex more thoughtful than that and yeah. I think we can give more thought to how we interact with people, how we paint people, how we choose to experience people than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, I think I absolutely have empathy for anyone who's in the black queer community who is struggling with 
self-esteem or self-love or confidence. Um, I think that that's a very expected at this point um, sort of scenario for a lot of people in our community. Um, looking at where we are today um, at this stage in our lives, I think that I have less grace mm -hmm. <laughs> for it. Um, to Tony's point, there's therapy. And if I know that's not accessible for everyone, this it can be quite expensive. But if you're not meditating, doing bre like breath work, if you're not reading books, if you're not watching documentaries, if you're not doing anything to educate yourself to try to figure out why you're doing things that are harmful, because somebody told you at some point. Mm-hmm. Just like this interview, there was that, backlash. That's also a question of, like, are people telling these folks some, at some point? It, one person, somebody has had to say something. Like, when people say, no one's ever told me that I was a huge bitch. I'm like, someone's You might have been you. the first one. <laughs> some people have, like, yes people around them. Or, we, like, we know, we know folks that we question, like, they have this group of friends. And, like, if everyone is saying this about a person, who in that group is not telling that person that, you're, they're miserable. <laughs> <laughs> We're thinking about the same miserable bitch right now. Yes, we are. <laughs> we are. Say we their are. names. It's no. you, baby. <laughs> oh, we're mean girls. No. <laughs> no, that's a nasty bitch. That's a, that is a nasty bitch. Sat up in my house with that nasty fucking face. <laughs> Finish your damn answer so we can go home. Well, yeah, no, I, I think that there comes a point where everyone needs to be accountable as an adult for their self-growth mm -hmm. and yeah. you know there there comes a point where life becomes real you know what i mean like life events start happening when you're older in life and hopefully you're having experiences where you sit back and you reflect and you're like what's really important mm -hmm. so like we've talked a lot about the negativity that can exist so what's like to bring it back what's something that we think can happen to improve relationships in our community? Like, what are we doing to, like, foster a better environment, Jordan? You know, one of the things that I really want to do in 2023 is, and I've been thinking about this for a very long time, is diversifying my social activities. Mm -hmm. So I think that for a very long time of my adulthood, um, my social activities have been pretty standard. You know, they've been like, house parties, like mm -hmm. events, things like that. And I think that that has done me a disservice because over the years they've become, those experiences have become quite just like. Monotonous. Yeah. Like run you, of the you mill. get there, you say hello to the people that you know, and then the people you came with, you have the majority of the conversation with. I miss environments like college where mm -hmm. you can get involved in an organization and be exposed to people that you probably would have never talked to on campus mm -hmm. and then you see them on a recurring basis so you can actually build a rapport with people who don't share your your same homogenous you know makeup or ambitions or personality style um and so you know whether it's like joining a book club or joining like a like a creative workshop I want to put myself in environments where I'm around um, black and queer people and I'm able to see them on a recurring basis where the the socializing is built around something other than just trying to like say hi and bye. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the only space right now that I have where I can meet new people, like net new people and build an ongoing relationship with them is work. Mm -hmm. um, but what is that 
outlet and that space where I can do, I can build those sort of, you know, recurring rapports with people um, within our community. So I think that I want to get involved in, in some sort of extracurricular activities outside of events and mm-hmm. places that play music. Sounds hmm. good. When I'm thinking about how to improve efforts to foster more inclusion, one of the things that just jumped out at me is to be the example in the room. Um, when we have those moments where folks are around you and, and someone saying something that's just like left field and kind of catty for no reason and correcting, like correcting them and saying like, that's not cool. And mm-hmm. people like stop in their tracks and they kind of like, they're not expecting that. Uh, and I think there needs to be more examples, more people that are willing to stand up for the people that are being othered. And I think slowly but surely, like that helps to change mindsets. Like people, the next time they go to do that. Think twice. Yeah, they will think twice, especially if it's coming from someone who, like say they have, they hold you to in, like in some regard um, to a high regard or whatever. And you are the person that like corrects them. And they're like, oh shit, like maybe I need to get my act together and tighten up and, and look at what it is that I'm doing and what I'm saying and around who. Uh, so that's one way that I feel, you know, I can play a part in improving inclusion around me. Um, yeah. But yeah. I think I've just, I've, I've very, I've really been into like, asking people questions a lot recently mm-hmm. um and and through the lens of i like the idea of making people think on their own i think that i spent a lot of time when as i was younger it's just like trying to force feed people ideas and things and that i not was that successful people don't like being yelled at or preached at <laughs> um but i i think like to the point you were just making just around like in spaces where you see someone being maybe a bit toxic or nasty um, and just like starting to like probe them. It's just like, Oh, how did, what, what was the point of that? Like, mm-hmm. what, what were you trying to prove there? Like, did it make you feel better? Did it make the other person feel better? Um, and like when people start to start asking or like answering and saying things out loud, I think it makes them think a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what we do here is really just about trying to make people think. And I think one of the things that I'm trying to do in my life is trying to just encourage other people to think and not force feeding them information. And I think when people get there on their own, it works a bit more. So like, that's, that's what I'm trying to do now. So not always successful. Sometimes I start just yelling, but, <laughs> um, pray for me. I'll hand down with me yet. Yes. But that is all the time that we have this week. Um, and this season of Surface Level is sponsored by Moby, Mobilize Zach, our Brothers Initiative. If you have enjoyed this episode, please keep the conversation going. Let us know your thoughts and questions at surfacelevelpodcast.com. And remember, stay curious.